Everybody stop what you're doing, please. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is no better show on your radio. This is Around the House with Eric G. Where's the hammer? From your back fence to the sidewalk, Eric will tell you how to keep it all in tip-top shape while helping you save a buck while doing it. If you like DIY projects, it takes a lot of practice to get good at it. And Eric is here to guide the way. Is it on the, uh, go up on the other floor. Somebody go up there and stop the hammering. All that and more on the fastest two hours of home improvement radio. These are the wrong plans. These are the old plans. Welcome to Stop It! Around the House with Eric G. Welcome to Around the House there. This is our Pro Insider. This is where we talk design, construction, remodeling, all those different things for all the trades out there. Thanks for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. Today we got a great guest on the phone, Libby from Calco Lighting. These guys do some amazing stuff, high quality stuff, and to be honest, they're my favorite lights to install so far because I tell you what, when you put these up, you find and feel the quality, and they have thought about so many little things when you're putting these things up. It actually makes them easy to put up. They're heavy, they're brass, they're solid. But you know something? They're built right, and they've thought out the process of installation, which I love as well. So as a designer, you can design and specify. As a remodeler, you can buy and purchase and install. An electrician, they've made your job easier than most. Enough of me talking. Let's get out to Libby. Hi, Eric. How are you? Thanks for having us. Thanks. This is going to be great because, you know, you guys have some great lighting. And and first off, what I really want to talk about is is you guys have been around for a while. You're fairly new to me because there's so many lighting brands out there, and I've only been exposed to so many doing some of my design work. But I'm in the middle of installing your lights on my house. These things are gorgeous. Oh, great. So let's talk about Calco for a bit. You guys have been around for, what, over 40 years now, haven't you? We are. So Calco really started, ironically enough, in the bath category um, in 1982, if, uh, if memory serves correctly. We're at the 38th year now. Cool. So um, we began in that area and were able to sort of... Um, Homes were being built a lot more quickly at that point. You're looking at the early 80s and track home central. Mm-hmm. So we were get in there. And as time went on, uh, we started to refine the different opportunities we were offering to our customers. And we got into more of a, what I would refer to as a casual luxury category, using authentic materials and sort of working with artisans rather than this sort of a factory or process. Cool. Yeah. Back in the 80s, I mean, I, I started my design career in the early 90s. And even then, it was so much of the stuff out there was that just kind of stamped pop metal with a gold tone sprayed over the top of it. And it was just not <laughs> high quality and not great design either. Sure. I mean, I feel like when we talk about design in the bath world, it's sort of driven by utilitarian principles initially. You know, mm-hmm. we're not looking at this space we're spending time in, but that changes, right? I mean, I'm sure that's sort of the, that changes, especially in the early 90s when you're starting out. I mean, you're starting to see people fold in the shower tub combo next to each other, stand-up mm-hmm. shower. I mean, these are where these things first come in. And with that upgrade or the, as what the kids will say, the glow up 
I mean, if you're, <laughs> you want to pair it with a higher end um, lighting manufacturer. You, it's not it's not cookie cutter. You don't want something stamped out. You want something um, tastefully designed, and you have to spend. That's how it works. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, these days it's funny, you know, back then, you know, there were only just a couple styles. You kind of had this, it was traditional or contemporary. And that was kind mm-hmm. of the, you know, you were kind of at the, at the waning ends of, of any kind of a mid-century look that's kind of gone into a into a contemporary. And then now you, you fast forward to, you know, 2020 and you've got everything from, you know, mid-century style to farmhouse to all those new you know, to a, a very modern, you know, look, and it's all things that are completely different. But uh, you guys do a great job of, of you kind of hanging your hat on each one of those styles and doing it well. Thank you so much. We have worked diligently, especially over the last five years, to work with our not only our senior designer, a gentleman named Takayuki Ishii, but um, our, you know, team abroad or our expanded freelancers to do that in a very intentional way. We know that some of these styles and designs cross over well. If you're looking at, let's say, um, we're, we've been doing webinars to sort of talk to people about these different design categories. And if you look at coastal and modern farmhouse, they can really live together peacefully. Mm-hmm. They're not exactly the same, but we are trying to create products that speak well Um to a large group of people, but still offer that casual luxury that's so important for people who are updating their homes. And of course, we're spending more time in our homes. So that's even more prevalent now than ever. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and especially in today's times, I mean, we are, we are, we are stuck at home. And I think we've gotten to the point now where people are looking at it going, okay, if we have to get stuck back here again, then we're going to change things and make this a lot better. Because this is, this is not going to work for me in the future if I've got to spend another six months here in this house. I think we're seeing that um, that quandary, if you will, um, coming out in design. I mean, even um, our most recent introductions, I feel the designers went out of their way, especially in Allegri Crystal, to make pieces that seamlessly fold into a room, but mm-hmm. still stand where it's not taking up too much attention because you're in that space so often you have to be what's taking up the most attention so there you know there's not these signature pieces but i know luxury doesn't have to be diminished in order to be there on a daily basis it's not a treat you know it's something that you can cope with and enjoy because you should it's your home yeah i always say it's kind of like heated seats in a car once you get (laughs) into that and you've and you and you get a car that doesn't have it it's something that you miss. Yes. You know, and, and you know, with you guys, I, I love your, uh, like, your Reading collection and the mid-century stuff. That that just speaks to me. I love that style. I feel like the Reading, um, the Reading collection in general was sort of a continuation of our design director, Takayuki Ishii's idea of this floating silhouette, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Taka really understands um, mid-century modern design because it's a passion for him. There you but go. He also, as a designer rather than an artist, incorporates the ideas of just honest functionality. You know, maybe we don't want to look at a giant glaring um, light bulb. Maybe we can use 
a white surface for a reflective LED to warm something up and still enjoy that technology. I mean, I feel like this climate that we're in now has encouraged an incredible um, amount of innovation Mm -hmm. in lighting because it's becoming, again, something we're using a bit more often and we want to find a way to make that work. So I feel like we really answered that call. I mean, we're we're loving the mid-century modern, but to fold in the tech and give it this sort of disappearing silhouette, it really speaks volumes to where I think we're going as a company. Well, I think you're right on with your thought process on this because, you know, as a designer, we would have people that would say, oh, I'm only in my home office, uh, you know, I'm only in my home office uh, a few hours a week, you know, it, so that light is beautiful. I'm not worried as much about function, but now sure. everything inside the house, I mean, I hate to say it, but I think that open concept has, has is really getting cut back right now out there for people that are designing in the future because now you know your your traditional family with with two parents and a couple kids then all of a sudden each one of them needs to have a space for a zoom meeting each one needs to have a a, a space that that functions for maybe it's a it's work or it's school or whatever it is and and the lighting has to be good because now all of a sudden Everyone I'm working with sees me in this home place. And so now all of a sudden, I need to be well lit for this meeting I'm going into in 10 minutes. I mean, you know, we could dive so deep into, you know, aesthetics, but really it sort of supports the idea that form and function will always be at the core of any creation in a design, right? And we know that these spaces demand better attention, but it, it's not necessarily just for the function. I I read an article that's sort of relative um, by a woman who explained, you know, her self-esteem was crushed by going on these, you know, Zoom meetings at 40 or something. And it's interesting um, how we see ourselves in the office at home. Yes. That's a new dynamic, right? I mean, that's a, a new way of looking at things and how we sort of live our lives. And I, I feel like the quality and the casual luxury comes into play so much more so because we're fusing these two identities. Yeah. That we want so, and it's kind of, it's fascinating. It's fascinating to see it unfold. I'm thrilled. Um, I'm thrilled for the opportunity. I'm sad under the circumstances, but I sure. do think it will be a catalyst for some incredible design. Oh, yeah. I mean, design-wise, there are so many changes happening right now, more so than than almost anything else out there that is all of a sudden it's like we've all in the design world have had to pivot even more so on a dime. It was just like, okay, here we go. This is the new direction. And I think it's going to make for more sustainable homes. I think it's going to make for a lot of different things out there. I mean, great design is great design, but I think we're doing some stuff that's going to transcend more than what we had in the past because there's so much more thought going into it. For sure. I mean, I I feel like um, how, as a manufacturer, we're bringing ourselves to market is changing. That dynamic's changing as well. You know, we're trying to present ourselves in a more digital-friendly way. You know, so I, it's not just the design scope that's changing. I feel like our behaviors around the design scope are changing as well. And, it, you know, it's, it's an adjustment, but it's a welcome adjustment. I think that um, I think it's important to explore new ways for design and for different reasons. You know, I mean, if you need a task light or a portable or a tushier, you know, um, to light mm-hmm. up one 
your room so you can create just that small space by lighting alone. And I think that should be a possibility. So it's really the first time for me that I, I can really recall everything being fused at one. It's looked at as a whole, not kind of these like single working parts. Yeah. At least for me. Yeah, no. And then you guys, you know, and we've been talking interior there, but you know, in my house, we're getting ready to put some exterior lights in the front here for an upcoming uh, Morgan to Oregon segment. I had a hard time picking lights because even though I've got a certain style, there is some stuff in here that I'm like, oh, but what about this? I was the worst design client for myself because I'm like, oh, but what about that? It was it was tough because there's so many great well-crafted designs. You know, many times I look at stuff and I'm like, oh, well, there's one or two I kind of like. Man, you guys have such a broad collection in styles. I mean, it's not like it's just, I hate to say it, exterior lighting for about the last 40 years in many cases has been relatively boring to me. Just mission style. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Working, again, very hard with different types of designers that play in these these categories specifically. So when it comes to outdoor lighting, um, Calco has introduced a line that's both compatible for indoor um, outdoor. Mm-hmm. We can, from a custom standpoint, um, wet mount or damp mount uh, pretty much anything that's in our existing line. Uh, so, you know, the customization for the climate is a wonderful thing when you're dealing with uh, outdoor lighting, you know, and I feel that we have answered that call, yeah. if you will, by our process, our manufacturing process, powder coating, making, you know, obviously making sure that whatever we're using will be adaptable to any corrosive environment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, we just did this webinar on the coastal living and, you know, 40% of the U.S. population lives on the coast. Yeah. So that creates a new dynamic when it comes to outdoor lighting even for smaller spaces, I mean, you have to be cognizant of the corrosive wear. And I feel like these big box stores don't really answer that call very well. You know, you're popping something in and popping something out. So I'm so glad that our category reinforces making an investment in a quality piece that will last you a long time, hence the timelessness of that type of design, too. So well, it's we f- love our it growth every year. We're thrilled. Well, I mean, you have won the, uh, I think it's the Bel Castro that's out there. Yeah. I wanted to design a different home just to use that in. I mean, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh my gosh, that so does not work with my house, but I need to use that someplace. You know, it's just crazy stunning. Doesn't fit with my modern home, but oh my gosh, there is some stuff in here that's amazing. And you're so right about the construction I have in this house here. Cause you know, this was a, a 1970s house that had a couple little updates during its couple sales over its years. But I have a backlight now, and we're just kind of tearing into the. I'm, I'm shooting a, a deck, outdoor kitchen thing out there, and that's the next lighting after my front lighting that I got to dive into. Talk about. I'm, I'm just in in the Portland area, so I don't have salt water from the coast coming in, but my home center lights, and I'll call them that because that's really what they are out there, and it's just that home center mission thing. It's been out there maybe seven or eight years, maybe ten mm-hmm. tops, and I can stand down. Uh, when I was putting the deck in, I looked up at the second story where it comes off my master bathroom. I could literally, there's a one inch gap down below and on top where literally that base has rusted out just from the rainwater because there's no overhang right there. And that light, 
made it maybe four or five years before it was already compromised. I'm not even using that light right now because I know that it's a, it's got a problem there. And I've right. but that base was rotten out in five years because it was just a very poorly stamped out piece of sheet metal that had a uh, you know a a single flat black coat over the top of it, and you got exactly what you paid for. And, you know, that's the that's case in point, and it's not, I feel like outdoor lighting in particular, since you're highlighting the entrance or um, even your own personal space that you enjoy, you know, it's, um, it's worth the investment. It's an investment because it really speaks just in an exterior way, you know, to the aesthetic of your home overall. So it's, a, it's an important investment. I feel like we are just now moving closer into the, uh, I guess what I would call more modern design world and of course folding in that LED technology that's incredibly important for homeowners who are, you know, using their lighting more. So, uh, you know, we continue to develop in that, but well-made outdoor lighting and moisture um, need to be able to work together and you need to work with a manufacturer who talks about that process and understands that that in, at the end of the day is inevitable, Yeah, you know, in more, and when you're living in the Las Vegas climate or Arizona, we also <laughs> understand that it has to be able to endure certain, you know, the elements. And we manufacture our pieces intentionally to make sure that they can. They're battle tested. Yeah, absolutely. And if you can make it, if it'll survive the, the dust and the wind and the heat in Las Vegas in the summertime, then you're doing pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I always, one tip that I give people out there, and this is for the listeners out there, always consider scale of the light when you're trying to do it. I see some, I walk up to so many people's houses and they have these little tiny lights that are the size of, you know, my hand twice maybe that should have been maybe three or four times that to fit. Or they go the opposite way and they get this huge massive fixture that is completely overwhelming the entrance of the house. Scale, you can get the most beautiful picture, but, uh, you know, a fixture, if, if you don't get that scale right, then it, you lose it. Oh, it's key, and that's also true with its opposite, no? If you look mm-hmm. at something, let's say a coastal product property in California that has a great deal of glass, I mean, you want something sort of uh, that disappears into the, the house itself so it's not interrupting other parts of it. So, I mean, scalability is super uh, relevant, especially in that conversation. You know, you don't want to overwhelm your entrance, but you don't want to underwhelm your visitor. You have to kind of figure out that balance. So it's a great pointer. Yeah, I always consider it like jewelry on the front of the house. It needs to fit Mm -hmm. in and fit everything else there. But the Mm -hmm. first thing when you walk up, uh, to me, great lighting means that it really enhances things, but it doesn't make you go, wow, that's, that's wild lighting. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a lighting manufacturer, so I always want people to see our stuff and go, wow, that's a statement piece. You know, I yes. feel like our demand that type of um, attention. But again, we're not trying to, um, you know, take up all the space. I mean, Correct. The- that's where I was going with that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, great lighting is great lighting, but the best lighting you don't even notice the lighting part. Now, the fixture part, that's a whole different story. But when it's well lit, it just looks well lit. Good point. I mean, when you think about it, you do have to sort of separate them. And that's something as a designer, I feel Taka really considers. You know, what does something look like from the bottom? Mm-hmm. You know, what will it look like as part of the landscape during the day when it's not being used? You know, there are different parts 
of that that play a role. So, I mean, it's, again, coming back down, form and function. I mean, it's important that it lights and it does what it's supposed to do, but it's also important that it works well in this space. Exactly. And you guys, the one thing I will say that, I mean, I grabbed – you know, that light, the lights that I have, I've got them sitting here. I'm just waiting for the crew to show up so we can shoot this thing. And mm-hmm. you guys use real solid materials. I mean, I'm using the Ronin style at my house, but it it is heavier than even what it looks. And it's it's got some mass to it, so it's not like it's this little tiny dainty piece. But, man, it's solid. It's built with solid forged materials. You guys don't mess around. No, hand-blown crackle glass. Yep. Um, which finish did you select, the modern bronze? Yes, I did. It's a, And it's so, um, it's just gorgeous. But again, you can see this is layer after layer, you know, testing each piece, making sure that they, you know, there's a, it's sustainable and it's timeless for a reason. And again, that comes back to investing in not only the outward appearance of your house, but understanding that, you're creating a long-term look and feel, and that's part of it. Absolutely, absolutely. And you guys, I mean, you have a style for just about everything out there, which I love. For people that love the, you know, that have more of that uh, that cabin feel, there's, you know, I mean, just outside, I love the look of, if I had a lodge, I'd put like the Ponderosa in there. And, and there's just so many <laughs> cool things with all that that it's it's stunning. And you have something to fit just about every style that I can think of out there. Thank you so much. I mean, we're sold throughout North America. So our objective, of course, is to speak to all of our audience intelligently. So there's, the only way you can do that is by meeting some of these different style standards. But, it, you know, it's funny that you mentioned the Ponderosa. The Ponderosa was a defining family for Calco um, in its early origins. And we still perform really well in those categories but if you look at that category itself which i'm sure in oregon you're exposed to sure um, you're you're close enough and if you go to montana and wyoming obviously it's clearly more prevalent there but it speaks volumes to making these sustainable you know classic even though they're updated pieces that fall into the modern farmhouse coastal you know uh it lodged those categories are significant because that's you know there's people everywhere using them in their homes so yeah. it's uh, fun and i'm thrilled that you love our portfolio we're working really hard to uh, impress people like you so. well thanks i mean you think about it, it's it's fun because you know my radio show goes out to so many different areas and styles you know we've got you know here in portland and seattle we've got a lot more modern designs and maybe they do in certain areas of chicago there or even out in our uh you know we've got outside of kansas city to you know even up into uh outside of philadelphia so we've got all these different styles which to me as a designer i love because i love going into different areas and going wow your house is here on average or older than my state this is cool you know and it, it just, it's fun. It's fun to do that and to uh, kind of play into different areas like that. That's one of the things I love about traveling when I do, doing some of my seminars and going out. It's it's a whole different experience. And just like being in Las Vegas, there's not a lot of, you know, 1,800 homes in, in, the, in the Las Vegas area, just like there's not yeah. in Portland. I mean, I feel like um, there's a level of novelty. I don't know about Portland. I'm not very familiar with it. I have spent some time there. Um but, you know, the level of novelty in this 
safeties sort of style, that's when, you know, Las Vegas starts to first emerge as maybe, mm-hmm. you know, moderate city. And the architecture here is fascinating. And it, because it be- continually gets renewed, of course, we have these massive communities of track homes that are safe and have great schools. But if you look at some of the quote-unquote grittier parts of Las Vegas, I mean, you will find some very interesting architecture. You know, oh. you have a bungalow vibe, and some really famous people have lived in those houses, you know, and they're, they're sort of interesting to navigate and um, to look over all. And Portland's got to be the same. There has to be, like, kind of an early mission vibe. That's oh, favorite. there is. Yeah, we yeah. Had, we had a huge we had a huge uh, streak here in the in the teens, twenties, and thirties where there was a whole bunch of homes built, and then it quieted down into the into the kind of post war forties and fifties, and then we had a huge mid century modern community kind of creep up in here, and then of course you know we started getting into the seven eighties, nineties, and now where we had more of the 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 designed track home communities. But uh, you know it's just like when I travel down to to Palm Springs, and I, I don't go to Palm Springs a lot, but I like going down there for Modernism Week and just going around and seeing some of the home tours of the real honest mid century modern stuff. Stunning to me, stunning. I love that design scope so much. I mean it. My own styles are sort of rooted in mid-century. So it, I, I feel like it's very much um, these categories that we're talking about, this lodge in mid-century modern coastal. These, I, I'm going to call them decor buzzwords. That's yeah. how they feel. Yeah. You know? But um, I, with this trend and because of this climate, I feel that people are, are layering their homes, not just their lighting. You know, they yeah. know and you know you're allowed to blend these different categories so if you want to have a glam bedroom paired with a contemporary living room and you know a mid-set you can and you they don't have to look like they're disconnected because the truth is they're not disconnected all these categories sort of came from one another they're all related so and it's nice to see that blend and i think it makes um it stops pigeonholing certain areas to be certain type of things so it doesn't have to be all modern and black and white you're allowed to in there you know so I, I you can be very individual with it very individual with it well sure. you know you guys have a great website with with great pictures which is calco.com and you guys have a lot of cool stuff on there and then i think you you guys are also in the um las vegas design center aren't you we are we have showrooms in the las vegas design center and also at um the Dallas Market Center in Dallas, Texas, of course. Um, we are sold all the way throughout um, North America and have showrooms, uh, presence in showrooms throughout the U.S. and Canada. So um, you can find us anywhere, but the website's a great place to start. You can always reach out to our company, too, directly at 800-525-2655. Libby Hartman, Calco Lighting, thank you so much for coming on today. This has been great, and uh, let's do this again. We're so thrilled. We can't wait to see that install take place and see some images. We're excited. It's going to be awesome. Well, thanks for coming on today, and we'll talk again soon. Sounds great, Eric. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Pro Insider presented by Around the House with Eric G, where we talk interior design, construction, remodeling every single week. Every Thursday, we post up a brand new one, so stay tuned for that. And make sure you hit AroundTheHouseOnline.com and, of course, on Facebook, Around the House with Eric G. Don't forget to catch the regular radio show, which is a mixture of DIY and construction and home improvement. Thanks for listening to Pro Insider, presented by Around the House.
Around the House with Eric G is produced by, designed by Eric G in association with Salem Media and distributed nationally by the Sun Broadcast Group. All rights reserved. Copyright 2020 designed by Eric G. We will be back next week. If you missed part of the show, check out the podcast of all of our shows at AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Remember, measure with a micrometer, mark with caulk, and cut with an axe. Thanks for listening to Around the House.